Welcome to Stars, Stones, and Stories. I am your host, Rama, and together we are weaving ancient future wisdom as we birth the new earth. If you are into astrology, cosmology, living mythology, earth-based spirituality, kundalini technology, and ancestral healing, you are home. If you stumbled upon this podcast and are new to these topics, this is Sovereign Sanctuary to expand and deepen your wisdom. As a cosmic priestess, I witness many at the threshold of great transformation. I specialize in astrological divination, sacred site activations, and priestess arts for the Aquarian Age. You may learn more about my work at ramatribe.com or follow Rama Tribe on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and support the work at patreon.com backslash Rama Tribe. This community is your opportunity to claim your story, your unique identity and power, knowing that you are the hero of your own journey. You are a hologram for the collective and you matter. The world needs your gifts and creativity now more than ever. Crystallize your medicine. In this episode, we will explore this current astrology and talk about why it's so intense as we build to the Pisces full moon, a path of devotion. The guru is dead and interview two local artists in Asheville, North Carolina, Ken and Callie, and we talk about a light of hope, their collaborative art installation that you may be a part of if you're interested in. Even if you live from afar, you have an opportunity to send in a submission, a candle that is drawn, painted, sculpted. It must be less than 18 inches. In the show notes, I'll put in the instructions around creating and sending in your submission if you're called. I offer a full moon ritual and a yoga nidra journey, which is so restorative and juicy. So I hope you enjoy this episode. It's really special. Ancestors, 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 we call to you, we call to you, we call to you. We're so grateful for your lives, and we know we cannot do this alone. We cannot do this without you. 
So we welcome you. We welcome your backing and your genius solutions to pour forth like sweet ambrosial nectar from the other world. Thank you, ancestors. Thank you for your gifts, your trials. Thank you for providing the shoulders upon that which we stand upon. Thank you for your support, seen and unseen in these times. And we welcome in the powers and spirits of the East, the element of air, the powers and spirits of the South, the element of fire, the powers and spirits of the West, the element of water, the powers and spirits of the North, the element of earth. We welcome all of the directions and all of the keepers of the directions. We ground into Mother Earth and from this anchored space where we are connected and fully immersed in our sense of belonging, we gaze up into the cosmos and we welcome in all the planetary beings, the luminaries, all the goddess and god asteroids, our starseed nations, and our guides and our guardians of the holiest and highest calibers to walk with us in the sacred journey of life. so grateful that you take the time to circle up in this community and to listen to stars, stones, and stories. There are now over a thousand unique listeners who have taken the time to listen to at least one episode with 36 countries represented. So we are a growing community And I encourage you, if you receive something from what you hear and what you experience, please take the time to share with three friends or loved ones. I would greatly, greatly appreciate it. And as I've been sharing in the beginning of my podcast, that I really see this as a collaboration between myself and you, the listener. So your experience matters deeply to me, and I'm going to encourage you to direct message me on social media. You can find me on Instagram or Facebook, the handle Rama Tribe or Stars, Stones, and Stories, or you can send an email to satnam at ramakar.com. That's S-A-T-N-A-M at R-A-M-A-K-A-U-R.com. And let me know what you love about the show, what you wish there was less of. If you have any show submission ideas or people you think I should connect with, 
or any specific questions, themes, topics that you would love for me to address. I'm totally all ears. I want to hear from you. (laughs) So please send me a message. I know you're out there. Hello. (laughs) Thanks. Yeah. And that even goes for those of you who are, you know, my friends, the people I connect with. Like if you're taking the time to listen, let me know what you think. I really, really, really do want to hear from you. I'm not just saying that. I do have a Patreon page. So if you're interested in financially supporting the show, wow, I'd love that. My software is pretty expensive to run the show and the equipment I've invested, it definitely all adds up. And so you can find me on patreon.com backslash Rama tribe. And for as little as $3 a month, you can just be one of those lovely supporters who enjoys my newsletters, my weekly Venetian love notes and these podcasts. And you can say, Hey, I want to buy you a cup of tea a month. Or for $5 a month, you can join my Lunar Rhythms Patreon group where I send out a playlist through a Spotify link, a new moon playlist and a full moon playlist. And they're pretty unique. I think people really enjoy them. So those are awesome ways to support this work. And another real simple way is just to share the URL of the show starsstonesandstories.com with three friends right now. Go on social media and tag Rama Tribe and Starstones and Stories and put me in your, your story on your Instagram or Facebook page. Put me in your post, whatever resonates. Um, there's so many ways we can support one another. And as we're going through this great shift in this great age, this changing of the wheel of time and space, supporting artists, supporting small businesses is very, very essential in these times. I also encourage you to support other artists and other small businesses that you're passionate about. In our current astrology, we are building up to the Pisces full moon, which is exact this coming Wednesday, September 2nd at 1.22 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time. As we have officially entered the season of refinement with both the sun and Mercury in Virgo. This is the time to reflect on the harvest you are reaping, to celebrate your achievements. Remember, we're through the solar gate of Lamas, Lagnasad, which is all about harvest. So that energy is even more amplified now that the sun has entered the sign of Virgo as well. 2020 has undoubtedly been a year of dismantling and dissolving old, outworn paradigms that literally harken back to the birth of the patriarchy as we know it on Earth. Life is most likely feeling intense and pressurized for you as Mars in Aries is squaring Saturn in Capricorn. And these two planets are in their home signs 
Mars's home sign is Aries, Saturn's home sign is Capricorn. And so their energy is even more amplified as they're at home. Saturn is retrograde. Mars is in the shadow of his retrograde station, which will take place on September 9th. And given that all that we've sacrificed in the year of 2020, I mean, I'm just speaking to 2020, but I know for many of us, this journey of intensity did not begin when January 1st, 2020 occurred, right? Like we've been going through this for really for me, I say all the way back till October of 2015. That's when the the tides really started to get extreme. And I feel like the pace has just been picking up rhythmically since then. However, it's clear that there's still more healing to face deep within and as within, so without, right? We're seeing there's a lot of healing that needs to take place collectively. There's a lot of decolonization that is taking place in all of our systems, whether it's through race, through class, through culture, through gender, everywhere where there have been systems put in place, they've ultimately all been instated within this patriarchal paradigm that is shedding, that is dissolving. And to be clear, the patriarchal paradigm, when we when we speak about dismantling and dissolving this, this is not an attack on the masculine. In fact, it is truly an upliftment to the masculine because we want the true divine masculine to stand up, to put on his crown, to take that space of elegance, of protection. We want men, those who identify as men, to show up in their divine masculine, just as we want all human beings to have that divine masculine frequency integrated. So this week, the astrology has been really, really wild out there. (laughs) I'm laughing because, wow, I'm so grateful that it's Friday. It's Venus Day. It doesn't take too much of an edge off with the astrology, but hey, we can we can celebrate in the beauty of all that is the elegance, the culture that we are creating here and now. So I'm going to speak a little bit about what's been happening this week astrologically and it I I mean, if you go back to my Mars and the Divine Masculine episode, I was prepping you all for this. And what I've been saying since the end of June is, buckle up, buttercups. (laughs) It's going to continue to get more intense. And I say that through humor because it's important to have humor in these times. But I also say that knowing that the intensity is real and these are our lives we're speaking about. These are our emotions. 
it's our cortisol that we feel rising, right? As we're doing our best to maneuver, to maneuver what it means to be human as there's an entire collapse of civilization happening between our eyes. And as things are collapsing, there is a death and there's a rebirth. There's a renewal, a cultural renaissance. And I'm going to continue to circle back to ask you, what are your values? What are your true values? What do you really stand for in this lifetime? What are you here to create and build on earth? And what's holding you back from doing it right now? What's really, really holding you back? Because most likely what's really holding you back is something from within. And it's something that you and only you alone and your own personal sovereignty have the ability to shift. It's time. It's time for all of us to step into that spiritual maturity and to face ourselves and say, hey, I'm ready. I'm ready to do this work because I can see around me how important it is. What's creating this intensity is we have a grand cross happening in the cosmos. And a grand cross is like having planetary archetypes at a four-way stop. And all drivers are in their car, ready to go. They stop at the stop sign because that is the rule. That's what you do to keep everyone protected and safe. But yet no one's moving. And there's this tension building because they're all looking at each other and one will start to accelerate and then the other is accelerating at the same moment. And so they both stop. And so it's this real intense friction. So we have this grand cross happening right now with multiple players, multiple players. Venus in Cancer is one of the player and Venus is how we love, what we value, how we want to create art and culture and beauty. And Venus in Cancer is very much about deep, deep emotional connection, connection to the past, to the memories that great feminine mothering archetype. And Venus and Cancer also can have a hard time letting go. There's so much Venus and Cancer remembers, and she can just have a really hard time of letting go of memories of situations that are ready to be dissolved. And opposing Venus in Cancer is Jupiter in Capricorn, Pluto in Capricorn, and Saturn in Capricorn. They're all still retrograde. And remember, Jupiter is how we expand. It's spiritual wisdom. It's prosperity, abundance. Pluto is that cycle of transformation of death, of disillusionment, where we get to the core truth through a deep, intense purification process. 
Pluto energy is very probing. It reaches in very deep into the psyche. And Saturn is like Jupiter, a teaching planet. However, Saturn teaches through limitations. Saturn teaches through constrictions, through making things feel tight and small. And with those three archetypes in the sign of Capricorn this entire year of 2020, we have been excavating deep into our psyches. We have been on this pressurized diamond process, this diamond mind process that did not just begin in 2020, right? We've been doing this as a culture, as a collective Absolutely, since Saturn went into Capricorn in December of 2017. However, this is a journey we've been priming for. Capricorn is about Earth. It's about what we're building. It's about systems. It's about the material world. And these systems are dissolving. And as I've been speaking about in this podcast and through my work, through my offerings, these systems that are dissolving, they're outdated, they're old. And we can go back to various cycles and we're right on time. We are literally right on time with this astrology. And I like to remind each one of us, myself included, that we came here. Our souls came here in this time for a purpose. We are really and truly blessed to be alive on planet Earth because we look at what is dissolving These are prayers and intentions our ancestors have been holding for generations, literally generations. And we are the ones who are in body, who are embodied during this great time of transformation. Squaring that opposition between Venus and Saturn and Pluto and Jupiter, we have Mars in the shadow of retrograde. Mars in the home sign, just like Saturn and Capricorn in his home sign, and Mars about initiation, instinct, identity. Eris in Aries is conjunct Mars. Eris is retrograde. Eris is a dark goddess figure that is so much about discord, about calling out that which no one wants to speak about. But it's so obvious. It's that elephant in the room. And Eris doesn't care if calling it out makes everyone uncomfortable. And so Eris is actually a great liberator. However, quite often her liberation comes through some form of chaos and destruction. Black Moon Lilith, our shadow, our power, our feminine mother self, that that mother, as much as she is the nourisher, she can be the destroyer. She can consume. And as we connect with this power, this power of the shadow of the feminine, she becomes a source of infinite energy. However, we have to make her conscious. And so Eris, Black Moon Lilith, and Mars and Aries ultimately are speaking about their 
journey in their own identity, their connection with the physical vitality, with the human body, with our humanity, with our willingness to vision and to find our way forward as the pioneers in this new age. And opposing them is Juno. And Juno is all about partnership, what we want in partnership, what we sacrifice in partnership. And she's in Libra. She wants equity. She wants balance and beauty and justice. And she wants the divine masculine and the divine feminine to both show up in their spiritual mastery as king and queen. And so these players are at this grand cross creating this like rubber band like tension that's just kind of hanging out with us. And as we go into this Pisces full moon, the energy is still there. It's just tight. It's tight. And so we can find conflict in all sorts of spaces and places, and we can find tension and anxiety and cortisol running high. And so this is absolutely the time where you get outside and you connect with the earth and you walk, you run, you dance at home, you laugh, you watch comedy, you light candles, you pray, you take baths, you take cold showers, whatever it takes for you. And in that journey, there's also the willingness, right? Because we want to connect with the truth. We're not doing these self-care practices to avoid what's coming up to the surface. We are engaging in these self-care practices so that which is coming up to the surface, we have the capacity and the energy to face it, to look at it, to name it, to sit with that which is uncomfortable, to be in the discomfort and to be a part of the collapse of the old and the rebuilding of the new. And remember, as we do this work internally, it flows just naturally outward. As above, so below. As below, so above. We are in a cosmic conversation with these planets, with these asteroids, with the luminaries, the sun, the moon, our starseed nations. This is a cosmic conversation we are engaged in. We are a work of art. And as each one of us shows up in our lives, we show up to create. We are all creators, whether we are conscious of it or not. And through the month of August, Mars was building up in that square with first Jupiter, then Pluto, then Saturn. And the Mars square to Saturn was exact around August 25th, depending on your time zone. On September 9th, Mars will go retrograde at 6.23 p.m. That's Eastern Daylight Time. And in that retrograde, Mars will be continuing to conjunct both Eris and Black Moon Lilith and Aries. And 
Jupiter, Pluto, Saturn will all still be retrograde in the sign of Capricorn. As Mars travels backward toward the end of September, we will begin to feel the second series of squares between those Capricorn planets, namely being Pluto, Saturn, Jupiter, and also the asteroid goddess Pallas Athene, the goddess of wisdom, of the high mind, of justice. So whatever got opened with the square in the month of August, we will revisit in September, hopefully with solutions, with insights, with ways to create transformation that benefits all who are involved in your personal dance with that square. And then in November on the 13th, Mars will go direct at 7.36 p.m. That's Eastern Daylight Time, or by then we'll be in Eastern Standard Time. Um, And then on December 21st, winter solstice, Mars will begin the third series of squares, which will go into the new year, where we will have an opportunity to see if our solutions have played out, how things are going around that Mars work, that inner divine masculine journey that each one of us is on, where we're healing, where we're growing, where we're evolving and where Mars is being this beautiful mentor in our own lives. Mars will clear the retrograde shadow on January 2nd of 2021. So this is a long-term journey we're on with Mars. It's going to take us into the new year. Connect with your ancestors. Go within. Do that divine masculine king work within. And I guarantee you it will ripple out and it will ripple out in such elegant, beautiful ways where true miracles may be made manifest. The Pisces full moon is exact Wednesday, September 2nd, 1.22 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time. This full moon occurs at 10 degrees, 12 arc minutes Pisces. And as a refresher, what makes a full moon a full moon is when the moon and the sun directly oppose. So the sun and Virgo is at 10 degrees, 12 arc minutes. And the sun is illuminating the moon. The Sabian symbol for 11 degrees Pisces, because we round up to the degree, so from 10 degrees, 12 arc minutes, we get 11 degrees Pisces, is men traveling a narrow path, seeking illumination. The Sabian symbols were channeled by a very clear clairvoyant And they describe each degree of the zodiac through archetypal imagery and metaphor. Men traveling a narrow path, seeking illumination. This is so much about the capacity that is 
a natural part of every human individual, the capacity to be able to seek at whatever cost is needed to enter into a transcendent realm of reality. So there's a beautiful theme of transcendence with this full moon. This full moon is urging you to reflect upon your dreams, your high heart with the collective destiny in mind. This is a lunation to focus on giving gratitude and respect to your elders, while at the same time acknowledging that there is no true hierarchy in the cosmic dance of life. So we honor our elders, we honor our ancestors, we honor our guides, our guardians, our spiritual mentors, those who have been teachers to us. However, we always honor them knowing that there is no true hierarchy in the cosmic dance of life. This is where we are as we enter into the age of Aquarius, letting go of the age of Pisces. The guru is dead. And I'm going to speak more about this later on in this podcast in relationship to the technology of Kundalini Yoga and Yogi Bhajan. However, for now, we're going to stay with this Pisces full moon. A pure heart with great mental agility free cascading emotions, and spiritual authority is the way forward. And as the ascendant of this chart is Gemini, Mercury is the chart ruler. Mercury is a major guide in this full moon. When we think of Mercury, we can think of Hermes. We can think of Thoth of Tehuti the master of writing, of astrology, of language, a teacher in his own right, one of archetypal symbols of the occult, a great, great understanding of the hidden realms. And Mercury is in... Virgo during this full moon with some harmonious aspects to Venus in Cancer. Remember how we're loving, how we're connected to our memories, to our mother, and trining both Saturn and Pluto in Capricorn. So those spaces and places that we're dissolving, that we're letting go, Mercury is helping us in that great communication. The North Node in Gemini is directly conjunct the rising of this chart. So our collective destiny, and in the last episode, we talked in depth about the North Node in Gemini and how creating new forms of education, creating new concepts, new ideas is very important as we dissolve and we let go of the old ways of being the old archetypes. And the South Node in Sagittarius is still 
conjunct the galactic center, that great cosmic womb of creation. And so we're able to draw from our past beautiful experiences that can go all the way into the great cosmic womb of creation. We can draw from those spaces and places, these new ideas, these new concepts that are an important part of this new leadership that is taking fruition on earth at this time. The old ways of doing things are done. The ancient civilizations are not going to come back from the dead. We are rebuilding a new culture. Each one of us alive here on earth, we have the ability to really be a part of this renaissance. It's powerful. And this full moon is a time to connect with that frequency of what what are your values and what are you bringing to the table? Now, the full moon itself is in a conjunction to both the asteroid goddess Ceres and to Neptune. And the connection with the asteroid goddess Ceres connects us to how we nurture and how we feel. And Ceres is all about the harvest, abundance, nourishment. And so with this full moon, there can be this deep longing to connect emotionally with others, with people we love, with people of our past, with people who we've perhaps been out of touch with. And there can also be anxiety coming to the surface, fear of rejection, feelings of isolation. And so as we move through these waters, it's important to know that ultimately this is a path of devotion, a path of devotion. As we travel this path seeking illumination, it is our devotion that gets us through And with Neptune conjunct this moon, it is adding this deep, dreamy, inspirational quality. Neptune is retrograde in Pisces. And the energy can also be very sensitive, very painful. And so it's important that we also, through that Neptune fog that can be those rosy, you know, that rosy tent to everything that we're able to get real and know that this is ultimately about compassion and kindness and a deep mystical merging with the great mother, with that great goddess archetype that exists in all of creation as we go all the way back to the great cosmic womb where the collective South Node is. And Neptune is opposing Mercury, asking us, how do we communicate the dream? And Mercury as the psychopomp, the one who travels between the realms that can go into the other world, Mercury can go on our behalf, Thoth, Tehuti, Hermes, Whichever archetype you connect with most, we could even say Hecate, can travel on your behalf 
through the realms and assist you in your dream, that which you're building, assist you in connecting with your ancestors, assist you in connecting with your guides and your guardians. So again, this full moon is all about the path of devotion and that grand cross between Venus, Saturn, Pluto, Jupiter, Juno, Mars, Black Moon, Lilith is an heiress, is still very much in effect. And so again, coming into relation with our dark mother, our devouring mother, our nurturing mother, our deep and unconscious feminine selves, and utilizing that frequency of Black Moon Lilith to cleanse, to rebirth anew. Juno, where we merge the self with another, where we self-sacrifice, where we connect with our faithfulness, our ability to have intimacy, our ability to rise above our jealousy and our control issues in relationship. These are deep patterns that we are recalibrating personally within our lineage and collectively. And so this full moon brings all of this to light, all that each one of us is working with in our own personal curriculum is coming to light. And it's a very beautiful full moon, very healing, that connection, that opposition between Virgo and Pisces is very dreamy, very healing. Virgo being able to see all the details and Pisces being so tapped into that collective cosmic consciousness. So as a reminder, as we're waxing towards this full moon, we are an intergalactic family. We are representatives of a multitude of starseed nations. Each one of us in our human bodies are made of stardust. We are the Magdalene's. We are the holy ones here to embody life in the flesh. Timelines and ancient beliefs are dissolving before our very eyes. We are time bending and time folding as we come to the great conjunction that is in effect December 21st, where Saturn and Jupiter, the teaching planets, come together, they marry at zero degrees, 29 arc minutes, Aquarius, that first degree of Aquarius. This work, this work, we are in process. We are a work of art in this path of devotion. The guru is dead. Welcome to the Aquarian age. We are crafting this new earth together ultimately built on sovereignty and authenticity. The cosmos reverberates this necessity back to us, wave after wave, with the current astrology. All hands, the guru is dead, and we are taught guru is one who brings you from darkness to light. Each one of us are on our own unique journeys, and only you know exactly what is your highest truth? No external being can give you that information. I honor, I honor all of the teachers in these times, those of the dark and those of the light, because we need 
to witness it all. We absolutely do. And that is part of when we're working with astrology and these archetypes, the age of shaming and blaming is done. The darkness also teaches us, and I'm not saying that perpetrator behavior is okay because absolutely it is not. However, each one of us has our own shadows to face and our own inner wounded children to heal. And I absolutely believe these are the times where we really need to be doing that work and checking ourselves. And that is part of decolonizing our minds and our hearts and our families and our homes and understanding how much we have been infiltrated by colonialist behavior. These times are so rich. Our capacity to be in truth and our capacity to grieve and to feel sorrow is our capacity to feel joy and to feel hope and to feel beauty. And these are times that each one of us has the ability to bring hope through our resiliency in our local communities, in our global human community. There is an abundance in being vulnerable in these times, in dropping our masks and showing up in our true humanness. Again, we are here in these times of collapse that are also about rebirth and renewal. This is a cultural renaissance. So again, I ask you, what are your inherent values? What do you want to build, to create during this fertile time on earth? Remember, as we watch these paradigms dissolve and die, they are being composted into the earth's soil for regeneration, for new life. There is a grief in that process that we must honor, that we must hold space for. And also, this is a time to connect to play as a key to abundance, as a flow of mental health, where we may take down the imaginary borders of separation, for we are a collective. We are a hologram each one of us for the collective, and each one of us truly affects the collective reality. I want to invite you to continue listening as I interview two artists in Asheville, North Carolina, Ken Valerio and Callie Ferraro Ayers. They're both local artists at the Wedge Studios in the River Arts District in Asheville, North Carolina. So if you live in Asheville or you're going to be traveling to Appalachia, please come take a look at their beautiful art. Ken is a artist and a philosopher and is really stepping into his role as a leader in the world of art. And Callie is an artist and a conceptual art activist. And they collaborated and invited me in on their current show, 
where actually all of us as the community are invited. It's called A Light of Hope. It's an art show to offer visibility to and for the community in this profound time of transformation. This visibility is about being seen in all of our feelings, including our collective grief, particularly relating to the transformation around the time of COVID. Utilizing this transformation as an opportunity for great liberation, for rebuilding of community, for the betterment of each individual in community, for inspiration. It's an opportunity to step outside of your comfort zone, an opportunity for artists to unite and how we may create hope in these times. I'm Ken Valerio. I'm an artist in Wedge Studios and Callie and I have been studio neighbors for a while now and she was in the Astral Master show that I did a couple weeks ago and we decided to partner up and work to create this uh, Light of Hope for Asheville. My name is Callie Ferraro Ayers and I'm a contemporary abstract artist. I had done an interactive installation not this May, because we were closed for the quarantine, but the last May, which was for Mental Health Awareness Month. And the results of all of the interactive aspects of it, which were anonymous notes in pill bottles, is kind of a commentary with Ken's part of the show that people are creating after COVID to tie into the fact that we were all connected and had that desire to be seen do you each want to speak to your art in general and like why you create art and what what are some of the baseline themes that thread through your creations? I, I grew up in Florida. Uh, I spent about half my life in Florida, half my life in New York before I came to Asheville. And I've been doing art since I was a kid. In college, I was very influenced by one of my professors, Ed Love, who was very passionate and very radical politically and helped me to begin to develop myself as an artist who sees art not in a commercial way, but sees art as a longer tradition of liberating spirit, awakening people to their own imagination. So my work is very much combining philosophy and art. And in the last few years since I've come to Asheville, I found that Asheville has helped me to take on the role of the philosopher in in the community. And that was difficult at first to kind of come out of that closet, so to speak. But in the last few years, I've become more comfortable with it and found my allies in town who really understand my desire to liberate people through imagination. I was kind of the opposite way of Ken, where he was born in Florida. And I was born up north in New Jersey and then moved down to Florida, uh, like right at the end of middle school, beginning of high school. And my whole life growing up, I never really was a, known as a visual artist. My mom taught music in my house growing up and I did a lot of competition singing and theater um, and dance. And then when I moved to Florida, I went to like a performing arts high school where I was a thespian. Uh, I wanted to be a singer-songwriter, actually. And then once I started really pursuing that, I realized that in that industry, I don't know if it was my gender or what it was, but like people 
were not allowing me to really be myself. And I started to get really frustrated by that. And then around when I was 17, I started just for my own purposes of enjoyment, painting. And I remember I had like my, a piece, like one of my first pieces in a show when I was 18. And what I really liked about it is it didn't matter if I was male or female. It was more about, for me, being able to authentically connect with the audience, regardless of my like physical presence. And I think that unintentional collaboration between the viewer and myself in my work, because it's kind of like a dreamscape where people will connect or see, you know, um, just like when you're looking at a cloud or something, someone may see a dragon or, you know, a heart. Mm-hmm. When I would hear people saying that, I would, I would be like, this is the medicine that makes me feel alive, is this unintentional collaboration. And I don't even have to be there. So I think now I've been, you know, that was in 2007. So I've been doing this since, since then. Kind of never looked back. Yeah. Beautiful. It's so interesting because I have the connection also with Florida and New England area. I started a company that was um, specialized in art therapy-related processes for students with autism and special needs mm-hmm. called Spuds. There was something you said, Ken, about like visibility, this willingness to be seen. I think a lot of artists struggle with that because we tend to be very tender people tend to be very deep thinkers, very emotionally like mature in the sense that there's a broad spectrum of feelings that happens. And so I'm curious if both of you could touch on your journey around visibility and just how it's evolved. I feel like in these times and creating this concept of hope, and resilience in community, it is requiring people to step out more and be visible, right? Because we all have gifts, we all have medicine that we have to offer, and we can't actually offer our gifts if we're not willing to put ourselves on the line and be visible. I think it's important to say that we are doing this podcast right now to to reinforce that it's happening during this coronavirus pandemic, world-changing, transformational time. I don't know anybody who's not being asked to change. Um, and so I'm, I, some people are struggling a bit more than others, and some people are finding new forms of freedom in this time. I'm one of those who's, who sees opportunities for great liberation right now. I'm trying to live very out loud, even though, like you said, I'm not a person who really likes to be in the center of attention. That's not really what motivates me. But I do get very excited by seeing human beings cooperate towards something that is for the better of other people. There is a way in which I, f- I feel like some of my best ideas in my life are, are able to be heard right now in ways they were not six or seven months ago and i keep speaking to us artists being united and and getting away from certain economic models or how we see what we do i'm starting to feel less alone in that and it Mm -hmm. feels really exciting Mm -hmm. 
Part of what was really special about Ken asking me to put the results of these anonymous notes I was talking about in this Mm -hmm. installation is that while I was still on the floor above Ken, my this show that touched on mental health was across from his studio. So he was seeing the evolution of people participating mm-hmm. in it with it while I wasn't there. The reason that I went into doing this show is I'm originally a painter and I actually went down to Florida to have a show for New Year's. It was not a fine art show in Southwest Florida. When you say New Year's, you mean 2019 to 2020? Correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And my art had been really well received here, but then I went down there and it was my first time seeing my family since then. And the demographic there did not respond to my art. And it was the first time I'd been in a show where I didn't sell anything. And it really shattered, like, I was afraid, you know, I came back here and had to do even more side jobs and Mm -hmm. all of that. And I knew I had this solo show coming up in May. And I told myself, like, I'm not allowing myself to paint any other paintings until this show. And I'm going to go out of my comfort zone and do every single other type of art aside from it. Well, first I started with just, I'm usually painting color. So I was like, this painting is only going to be white through black. So my studio is called Sometimes There Are Shades of Gray and I used like pill bottles to stamp all of it. So then I took all these pill bottles and wasp nests and chains and sort of common, like was a commentary on like the sting of stigma. But I also wanted to continue throughout it if I knew people would participate to have the HIPAA, um, which is, you know, the way that people are protected when they go do seek assistance for medical care. It's that, you know, your employer or whoever is not going to have that information when you apply for a job. So it was interesting because I was like subtly bringing myself into it, but I knew it would be bigger than me. Mm-hmm. So I had like a shopping cart and then really old suitcases in it that are kind of, you know, um, on top of it. And that's what went into it. I think that we're all hardwired for connection and the desire to be seen is, is there. And so Around over a course of eight months, hundreds and hundreds of notes were in there. There are confessions, they're um, not just about mental health. That was kind of my way, I guess, of without making it about me, being like, what is it about me that if I put it out there as an educator, as you know, a childcare person, as an artist, that uh, people may not like like me anymore? You know, like this persona that we have to put on as artists that are not only working artists, but a tourist attraction on TripAdvisor. Mm -hmm. At this point, I was like, even if people have a bad reaction to this, I want them to walk away remembering it. So I think it was this weird way of being like, I am also one of the five Americans that struggles sometimes with, you know, mental health Mm -hmm. and... Uh, work really hard on that part of me to be able to give an equal exchange like this and actually this is the first time that I have spoken out about my own journey mm-hmm. with uh, mental health every different mixed media part was there and I just sat before I wrote the statement and just like cried like because I was like once you put this statement out there like, that's it and then mm-hmm. the most amazing thing was I could go, I went to the opening and I knew everything was done. So the anxiety of that, I just had to show up and I sold every single painting mm. in the entire show. 
Wow. That was just sort of a really powerful moment to be like, you had all this like inside of you. Mm-hmm. And now that you like made room and space for other people to communicate in different media, like you're like receiving that abundance by being patient. Yeah. Yeah. And by being in your authenticity. Yeah. And being like, hey, this is this is what I feel self-conscious about. Now that's gone. What are we what am I gonna do now? Mm-hmm. Well, and I think when we look at art through time and space, right? Like artists have always been on the forefront of different cultural renaissances. And, you know, when I say the renaissance, I don't mean like the renaissance. I mean, all of the times of when there's been war or famine or whatever collective struggles, artists have been that voice to really help create the next wave of culture as artists astrologically like where we are right now on the planet we are truly in the midst of a cultural renaissance we look at the paradigms that are dissolving there there's so many and they go back all the way to when we could say patriarchal society really began right when people started fencing off land and owning animals and thinking they could own the land and have this ownership, this dominion that in actuality, we're all just here to serve the earth and to be in collaboration and harmony, but none of us own anything when it comes down to it. Here we are, it's the end of August, 2020. And as we draw closer to December, 2020, we're hitting this reset button as far as like, what do we want to build? What do we want to create? That is the intention around this particular show is like gathering people together to draw together hope so that on a deeper level, perhaps they can be cultivating their own inner arts because we're all artists, right? And like, what do people want to create as we go into this new paradigm? What do you all want to bring to this new earth and what are your your dreams and your visions that have gotten really stirred up in the last few months and the inspiration to create this show and I mean because it's just such like from an artist standpoint this is actually a really fertile juicy time on earth for me the the deepest insight was that I wanted to create a show that was for our community. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to think about, as an artist for most of my adult life, being in relation with other artists and constantly having to talk about money mm-hmm. and how to make money. And that's the perpetual conversation. It's my least favorite conversation. There are spaces available right now Um, This space that we've been given is free. There's no need to worry about money for the show. I was finally able to do something that I did not have to justify in economic Mm -hmm. terms. I am trying to teach my fellow artists something. So there is, that's real. Mm -hmm. Like I'm standing up and I'm saying I have something to teach my fellow artists. And one of the things I'm trying to teach is a lot of what I learned from Callie, which from that show she did, I'm trying to provide for the community. I'm trying for us as artists to provide 
for the community that I feel is suffering. Mm -hmm. And so in the midst of that suffering, I want to show that the creativity can be something hopeful and that there is no economic exchange needed. Mm -hmm. And that's a very hard thing to teach. It's very difficult. But I feel that the true abundance that we long for is not an economic abundance. I think the true abundance we long for can be found in our imagining hope in one another and really moving away from putting the cart before the horse, right? Before I can create, I must think about how it's going to make money. I actually want to say, no, let's think about what we can do for people mm -hmm. and then see if abundance flows from that. And that's a risk, right? I just started moving forward with this show very hastily. I wanted to move very fast and see how good these networks are. And people, and I've been so happy to see that people are starting to share it and people are starting to come and be a part of it. And the more that that happens, the more I feel less important. You know, I feel that now I can just be among these other people who are all working toward the same goal, which is to give these suffering. I, I know many, many people in this town are suffering right now mm -hmm. from the loss of these old ways of living. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to show that artists can also be leaders. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's a real important piece to touch on because I think all of that ties together with like mental health as well is that we live in a culture that doesn't really honor grief and doesn't know how to talk about grief mm. and to hold grief. And the reality is like grief is something we feel when there's been loss, when there's been a death of some kind. And as we are literally like birthing new paradigms, building a new earth together, even those of us who like know in our souls and our bones, like we came to planet earth to do this even those of us who resonate in that way, there's still grief. There's still loss, right? Because it is, these are paradigms that we've grown up, our, our ancestors, it goes deep into our lineage, into the cells of our body. These are ways that we've known for generations upon generations. And while we may see how it's not serving the collective, it has become our culture. Even if we don't like the culture, and we don't support the culture theoretically or in our hearts. It's still been our culture. And so there is a grieving. There is a loss. There is a sorrow that has to be recognized. And I think it's beautiful as artists to create a space to name that, to give that to people. And your work, Kelly, around the mental health piece is so important because there is such a stigma around that. Yet we think about Western medicine in particular, I mean, it's all about pills. It's like all about pills, whether they're over the counter or the prescription, everything is about like you take a pill to feel better, but they're all band-aids. So you're not feeling the grief. I'm also an art activist, but I didn't realize that until someone came here to interview me as an art activist. And I was like, I don't know that. That's good. Oh yeah. That show was called Don't Freak Out, and the cover of it, because I also did challenge myself to do some photography, um, has a Barbie on it that actually has chains and pills around her neck, um, and it was called Chain to Perfection Barbie. It's, it was partially because Barbie apparently is the most recognized 
facial image more than any world leader um, ever. Wow, Wow, that's totally creepy. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) So that started to really, um, you know, make a splash. Uh, And then I think, I'm not really sure how to explain. Could you repeat the question you asked Ken at first so that I could make sure I tie into um, the aspect of it? That it was a, what, what the vulnerable, what was the question that you had asked him? So I can make sure I answer. This. I think it was just about like the juicy, the fertility of these times. Okay. And like, yeah. well, what you're talking about with grief, we can't really suppress with a pill. We may, you know, chemical imbalances are real. Mm-hmm. And that may be something we're treating, but they're not going to be prescribed for these specific trauma layers that are also like that you've mentioned are seven generations deep that are we're born with that in our dna mm-hmm. um but that essentially i really feel called that like i'm here on earth to change my epigenetic story mm-hmm. absolutely and that's not comfortable but the beautiful thing about it is that the pendulum always swings backward, you know, back. You're not going to be able to experience joy and gratitude and love mm-hmm. without experiencing grief mm-hmm. um, and sadness and pain. And you can't just take a pill or have a drink or what other other substance mm-hmm. that's only going to cover those pieces mm-hmm. of yourself. Okay, so the Don't Freak Out series was all the pills with the notes in it. Mm-hmm. Ken now is doing this thing where he's giving people an opportunity to be seen by bringing in their candles and still having this safe way right now of returning to feeling safe around other people. Mm-hmm. And the irony of us all having to wear masks in my mind is like, we're like people wearing masks like inside, like dropping our masks, but we're afraid to. I was at my house trying to come up with a way to finally open these bottles and have these notes be six feet apart from people. And I have like, I stopped counting like 350 notes and I'm like, it took this long to do it. This show, part of it is that we're recording it and putting it online and doing this with you because since everyone can't necessarily come to our studios like they would in the summer, we want to have that feeling of community through the rest of 2020 mm-hmm. while we're in this state of deep, like adaptation mm-hmm. because I think I paused and didn't put together all the notes last night after I fully read them all for the first time because I'm like, this process is part of the art. Each of these notes is like a grain of sand. If I mess it up, if I poke something through it to hang it all together, that's it. I think that I've had to be in a state of deep adaptation with my art and go backwards from, okay, I didn't know all these people were going to share these beautiful messages with me. Um, or painful. Yeah. Know, or creepy. Um and now I have to honor them, put myself almost like a performance mm-hmm. again and go backwards to my inner child and, and give them permission to play in front of others. Part of why we all struggle <laughs> as adults to return to this, to this new normal is that we schedule play dates like for ourselves as children. You know, when we forget that play is just as vital as exercise or nutrition mm-hmm. Or all these other things that as adults we assign to ourselves outside of what we do for money. That is actually the key to abundance. You can't make anything without that, without your mental health. Mm -hmm. And right now we're in a state where there's so much isolation that we forget that the feeling of being alone is the same as physical pain. 
I felt called to like change my ancestors' stories. Senior citizens are like already the most isolated mm-hmm. demographic out there, and now the idea of them having to be quarantined mm-hmm. in their times of needing to be yeah. surrounded by their tribe. Why am I not? Like when all these people are losing their lives, or whatever. There's probably a lot of spirit energy, like kind of like, especially in New York and all these mm-hmm. things of like, wh- why am I dead all of a sudden? And it made me like, why am I here? Mm-hmm. You know. And I think that we forget. You know, the reason why people when they're in jail here in America um, are sent to isolation is the same as physical pain. So now it's like almost like we're all going to be in these jails until we stop pretending that these invisible borders are invisible like we have to take our ego down in order to return to ourselves period so it's like i almost feel like the way i have to be patient with honoring each of these nodes is like the way we all have to be patient with each other there's a real power in asking for what we need and if we all can't do that we're all just going to be stuck here Mm. You know, so part of what I'm trying to do, what Ken's doing, is there's never going to be a normal after this. That's that there, but there never was before either. No, there wasn't. We were playing. It was like we were playing a game, pretending that yes. there was a normal, but it wasn't working for anyone. And it was a very basic game. It was the game of Monopoly. Absolutely. It was just Monopoly. Monopoly. There was no other complex, you know, this poetry they talk about, the invisible hand and all that. None of that was true. It was just a stupid game of Monopoly. It's interesting because we were playing a game and, and Callie was talking about play, too. That's something I've been thinking about. Like, my daughter really wanted roller skates. And so we got her some roller skates and then... I was just like, wait, like I should get roller skates. I haven't roller skated since I was like 11 or 12 and I'm in my daughter's nine and a half. And I'm just like, so I got roller skates and it turns out roller skating is like super hip and cool right now. I had no idea because like they were really hard to find in my size because they're like all sold out. I'm just so excited to start roller skating again. It's something that I've been really thinking about the last few months. Like, how do I play? And it's been on my heart for a number of years, but I haven't made time for it. Right. And now with with the quarantine, I think for so many of us, it has really flipped us so we can get rock solid on our values mm-hmm. and what do we stand for? And are we truly like really embodied in our values? Because we all have spaces and places where we can do that better, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think so many of us have learned what, what are our values? I mean, for me, like creating this podcast, it's been a dream of mine for over a decade to have a podcast. And I was just like, oh, I'll do that when X, Y, or Z happens. And then as soon as the lockdown started, I was like, I'm ordering a mic and I'm doing it now. Like, I'm just doing it. Who cares if it's not all the things that I think it should be right away? Like, it's going to be an evolution, but you've got to start somewhere. And as artists, like, that's just a thing that I, I believe all artists know, like, you can dream up forever, but if you don't actually start, you're you're just going to live in this fantasy. And art is about making our fantasy, like, dreams aground, like, bringing it here on Earth. Yeah. I love what you were saying, Callie, about the messages. One of the major themes I'm, 
I'm really instilling in this podcast is that each one of us is a hologram for the collective. And as you're collecting these messages from people who have suffered through mental illness, you're giving voice to so many that are, are hidden, right? Like they, they're in the shadows. These are times where we're bringing what has been in the shadows into the light because mm-hmm. it is so important for our, ultimately for our ancestral healing. There are a lot of things that were really amazing that from what you said, first of all about the roller skates. So the first time I ever, I'm, I'm 31 now. The first time I ever went to a spiritual healer, Deanna Terry in Florida. And so finally I did and I went open-minded and I remember uh, the first thing that she channeled in was, what are this, what is this about roller skates? Mm. And you just said that. And she was like, I keep hearing about roller skates. And my grandmother, um, who I feel very connected to, like before she passed away, she said, I'll always be by your side. And your aunt's only passed away in front of me. Um, she was, for fun, um, rollers did partner roller skate dancing mm-hmm. as an adult and was like channeling through this woman. Mm-hmm. I feel like I just talked about isolation and that call. And then that was like what you brought up. I have a pair of adult roller skates in my storage unit that I'm getting at the end of the month. And I was like, I need to start using my <laughs> yeah, roller skates. You got to bring those out. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that was just really tripped me out for a minute. Yeah. Uh, what I was also going to say is that sometimes I think part of the thing with play that we think about is like, I sometimes now like I'll call a friend and I'll be like, Hey, what are you doing on this day? And I'm like, we're having a play date. And we're like, what are we going to do? It's like, we're going to find out. Cause it's not like you go as a child and you're like, we're going to have um, a meeting with our dolls. You yeah. Know what I mean? <laughs> we're going to dress and them so in these four outfits. The agenda is, for today is, you know, surrendering to the fact that we don't really ever have control. Yes. You know? And so I think that's part of, of going back to that. But one thing I think is really, really important. First of all, thank you so much for, for starting your podcast. Really mm-hmm. honored to be a part of it. And thank you so much for starting the Asheville Master Show as a way to get everyone back into the River Arts District, which was the show in this space prior mm-hmm. that he highlighted some, some artists. When I got the notes, I felt like I was in a paralyzed, procrastinating state. I was actually supposed to have a solo show with them in it, canceled it, rescheduled it for December, um, tried to put a painting that was supposed to be in about the ancestor story, couldn't do it, slept in here, Ken saw me in the morning. I, I was like, I can't finish it. And then he was like, we're gonna take this piece instead. And it was a piece I had made inspired by a PET scan of a brain experiencing joy. And the mm. piece is called Resilience. And the scan's kind of forward in the painting, and it's an abstracted version of one. And then, um, like, there's a back area, and it's kind of a commentary on importance of making sure that that inner work you do, like that heart work, which you've mentioned, is so important mm-hmm. now. And I'm forced to put the notes up, yeah. and I canceled my show, <laughs> and now I'm gonna finish that other painting right in there, which is kind of crazy. And now you're here. And this school came to me and they were like, we got a death at our school mm. and um, it's suicide prevention month and we want you to come and talk about suicide. And mm. I was like, oh my God. 
Yeah, that's that's intense. Yeah, with a bunch of high school students and install this show there. Sometimes you need to check in, like go get some physical space from what you may consider your support system Mm -hmm. and see how you feel and talk to someone. Because like you said, there's no pill that's going to fix that. But I think that the reason there is as many mental health issues is that we don't give ourselves permission to think that maybe we're not the problem. Going to that high school, that was such a gift of you to be able to get to do it yet. Are you going to do it? Yeah. And I'm terrified. Okay. (laughs) But I just want to say like, it's an opportunity for you to really step into your leadership, but also you have no idea how many lives you might save just from that moment. It's called the light of hope for Asheville. It is a ongoing experiential show, which means there's no official start or ending. You can you can come any day and see the progress and there's lots of art up already and it's a beautiful space to come visit. And Rama, you have set up a sacred table um, where candles will be lit. You can make candles for the show, either drawing, painting, sculpture, under 18 inches, that's important. Bring it anytime. There's an event page on Facebook called The Light of Hope for Asheville. And you can message me directly if you have any questions. My email is kenvalerio at hotmail.com, K-E-N-V-A-L-L-A-R-I-O at hotmail.com. This is a place you can come and bring your feelings and just experience. This is not a commercial experience. This is Mm -hmm. a a spiritual uh, space with uh, lots of beautiful artwork for to lift your spirits. Awesome. Beautiful. And just to know that this is not just a show for artists. This is a show for anyone. And that if you're also here and you're fearing going in there, that and three people are allowed in the space at a time. Mm -hmm. I also wanted to thank our sponsors. Um, We have a sponsor, Helios, who's donating hand sanitizer that's made here locally from a hemp hemp product company. And we also have Roots and Wings and AVO Garden. Yeah, Art Garden. Art Garden. Yeah. And that we just wanted to take a moment to thank them. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you. And you. Thank you. Yes, thank and you. And thank you, Ken. <laughs> yeah, thanks for inviting me into this project. And thank you both for sharing a bit of your medicine today. I look forward to sharing this with this growing community that's a part of stars, stones, and stories. And I really believe that this is a time where we're sharing our own like personal mythology because that's our medicine that can inspire others. This is a time to really expose yourself to the moonlight. Go outside, lay down on the grass, wherever you can find some earth to connect with. And expose your body, as much of your body as you feel comfortable, as bare and naked as you feel you can safely be. Expose yourself to the full moon light. Allow yourself to be seen, to be witnessed in this lunation. You can place a bowl of water and a crystal on the earth and ask them to capture the frequency of this Pisces full moon. And as you lie on the earth, offer your devotional love to the earth, to the stars, to the cosmos. Offer your creativity through prayers, through song, through poetry, through tears, through blood, through other physical offerings such as honey and milk. 
tobacco, other sacred plants. Call to open up your inner eye, your clairvoyance, your clairaudience, your clairsentience. These are all your birthrights as a human being breathing on earth. Gather your intentions from the Leo new moon in August and read them to Luna, read them to the moon, read them to the elemental forces all around you and ask to be witnessed and supported by your ancestors, your guides, your guardians, your mentors of the highest caliber. And bask, bask in this frequency and this sacredness and give gratitude. I've created a special recording for you Many years ago, in my first yogic training at Kripalu Institute in 2006, we went really deep into the science and practice of yoga nidra, yogic sleep. It's a practice I love dearly. I'm going to invite you to go on a journey of yogic sleep with me. It's a very powerful, potent practice that is deeply, deeply restorative. And so you need the proper space to do this. You need to come lie down on the floor. And if you're unable to do this at this time, pause and come back around when you are able to. As you're setting up your space, make sure you've taken a sip of water, you've relieved your bladder, you're dressed comfortably, you have an extra layer that you can cover yourself with, a lightweight layer, as your temperature will drop. Now I invite you to come lie down on your back on the floor. If you're familiar with the position of Shavasana, settling in here. Lying down, arms are out long by the sides of the body, legs are out long, open just a little bit through the feet, about hip distance, and the arms are down by the sides of the body, hands away slightly from the body, palms facing up. Taking a moment as you take a deep breath in to adjust your body, your position, your clothing, perhaps opening through the jaw, circling through the wrists and the ankles, anywhere where you might be holding tension, and just take another deep breath in. And exhale, let it go. On this journey of yogic sleep, yoga nidra, you are going to refrain from any physical movement, I invite you to close your eyes and keep them closed until you are guided to open them. Take another deep breath in. And as you exhale, release your concerns, your thoughts, your worries. Let it all flow out of you like that beautiful ocean wave. Knowing when this practice is complete, you may come back to anything that needs your attention. So in this practice, you're going to develop a deep feeling, a deep sensation of relaxation in the body. There's nothing to force here. It will happen naturally. 
throughout the journey. And I invite you to allow yourself to just sink into the sensation of relaxation, just as you would as you are just drifting off to sleep when relaxation becomes so, so deep and nourishing. Sleep may tempt you in this practice. And again, I encourage you to keep yourself completely awake throughout the practice. In fact, I invite for you in this here now moment to make a commitment to stay present, to stay awake throughout the entire practice. You will begin to function on different levels of hearing and awareness. And the only important thing you need to do is follow the guidance of my voice. Do your best to free the mind from wishing to intellectualize or analyze the instructions as this is a deep opportunity for mental relaxation. Follow my voice with total attention and feeling. And if thoughts come in waves to try and distract you from time to time, just keep breathing and let them go. They might come in and come out. And just stay with my voice. Allow yourself to be calm and steady, like the ocean waves. Allow yourself to become calm and steady. Now begin to bring a feeling of inner relaxation into your entire physical body. Just imagine this golden, warm, honey sensation starting around the navel, around the solar plexus, and feel it reverberate out like this cosmic sun spiraling in either direction out from the center of your navel, this warm golden honey. Bringing in such a pure state of relaxation. And bring your awareness of the body from the top of your head all the way down to the tips of your toes. And just take a nice deep breath in and exhale. And take another deep breath in. And as you exhale, you're gonna kind of create like a hmm, a hum. Again, inhaling and hum. 
Again, inhaling the entire awareness from the top of your head to the tips of your toes. Noticing the whole body, allowing the whole body to become even more relaxed. Bringing awareness to the fact that this is a intentional journey to practice yoga nidra, to practice this yogic sleep. In fact, I invite you to say to yourself, I am aware. I am going to practice yoga nidra. I am aware. I am going to practice yoga nidra. Saying that within your mind. And now you're going to create an intention for this practice. It can be something very simple, such as, I wish to deeply relax. It can also be more complex, such as, I wish to connect with my ancestral lineage. Or, I wish to be of service in these times. Whatever naturally comes to you, claim that. Allow it to reveal itself. A short positive statement, very simply put, and you will state this three times with awareness, feeling, and emphasis. So please state your intention three times with awareness, feeling, and emphasis. The intention you make during yoga nidra is bound to come true in this incarnation. We now begin with the practice of rotation of consciousness, rotation of awareness by taking a trip through different parts of the body. As quickly as possible, the awareness is to go from part two parts. Repeat the part in your mind as you hear it spoken through my voice and simultaneously become aware of that part of your body. Keep yourself alert, but do not concentrate too intensely. And remember, find that stillness and become aware of the right hand. Right hand, thumb, second finger, third finger, fourth finger, fifth finger, palm of the hand. Become aware of your palm, back of the hand, the wrist, the lower arm, the elbow, the upper arm, the shoulder, the armpit, the right waist, the right hip, the right thigh, the kneecap, 
the calf muscle, the ankle, the heel, the sole of the right foot, the top of the right foot, the big toe, second toe, third toe, fourth toe, fifth toe. Become aware of the left hand thumb, second finger, third finger, fourth finger, fifth finger, palm of the hand, back of the hand, the wrist, the lower arm, the elbow, the upper arm, the shoulder, the armpit, the left waist, the left hip, the left thigh, the kneecap, the calf muscle, the ankle, the heel, the sole of the left foot, the top of the foot, the big toe, second toe, third toe, fourth toe, fifth toe. Now, to the back, become aware of the right shoulder blade, the left shoulder blade, the right buttock, the left buttock, the spine, the whole of your back together. Now go to the top of the head, the top of the head, the forehead, both sides of the head, the right eyebrow, the left eyebrow, the space between the eyebrows, the right eyelid, the left eyelid, the right eye, the left eye, the right ear, the left ear, the right cheek, the left cheek, the nose, the tip of the nose, the upper lip, the lower lip, the chin, the throat, the right chest, the left chest, the middle of the chest, the navel, the abdomen, the whole of the right leg, the whole of the left leg, both legs together, the whole of the right arm, the whole of the left arm, both arms together, the whole of the back, buttocks, spine, shoulder blades, the whole of the front, abdomen, chest, the whole of the back and front, together. The whole of the head, the whole body together. The whole body together. The whole body together. Take a deep breath in. And release the breath and feel that warm honey at the center of the body, the navel. Feel it circulating out in either direction, spiraling out, enveloping your entire body, every cell of your body, coating it with this warm honey. Become aware of the right hand, right hand, thumb, second finger, third finger, fourth finger, fifth finger, palm of the hand. Become aware of your palm, back of the hand, the wrist, the lower arm, the elbow, the upper arm, the shoulder, the armpit, the right waist, the right hip, the right thigh, the kneecap, the calf muscle, the ankle, the heel, the sole of the right foot, the top of the foot, the big toe, second toe, third toe, fourth toe, fifth toe. Become aware of the left hand thumb, second finger, third finger, fourth finger, fifth finger, palm of the hand, back of the hand, the wrist, the lower arm, the elbow, 
the upper arm, the shoulder, the armpit, the left waist, the left hip, the left thigh, the kneecap, the calf muscle, the ankle, the heel, the sole of the left foot, the top of the foot, the big toe, second toe, third toe, fourth toe, fifth toe. Now to the back. Become aware of the right shoulder blade, the left shoulder blade, the right buttock, the left buttock, the spine, the whole back together. Now go to the top of the head, the top of the head, the forehead, both sides of the head, the right eyebrow, the left eyebrow, the space between the eyebrows, the right eyelid, the left eyelid, the right eye, the left eye, the right ear, the left ear, the right cheek, the left cheek, the nose, the tip of the nose, the upper lip, the lower lip, the chin, the throat, the right chest, the left chest, the middle of the chest, the navel, the abdomen. The whole of the right leg, the whole of the left leg, both legs together. The whole of the right arm, the whole of the left arm, both arms together. The whole of the back, buttocks, spine, shoulder blades. The whole of the front, abdomen, chest. The whole of the back and front together. The whole of the head, the whole body together. The whole body together. The whole body together. Please stay awake. Total awareness. Free from movement. Free from sleep. Total awareness through the sound of my voice. Feel the whole body on the floor. Become aware of your body lying on the floor. Your body is lying on the floor. Your body is lying on the floor. See your body lying perfectly still on the floor in this room. Visualize this image in your mind. Become aware of your breath and feel the flow of your breath in and out of your lungs. Do not try to change the rhythm. The breathing is natural here. Automatic. You are not doing it. You are free from effort. Maintain awareness of your breath. Continue. Maintain complete awareness of your breath. Now concentrate your awareness on the movement of your navel area. Concentrate on your navel movements. Your navel is rising and falling 
slightly with each breath. With each and every breath, it expands and contracts. Concentrate on this movement in synchronization with your breath. Continue to practice. Be sure that you are aware. Now begin to count your breaths backwards from 27 to 1, like this. 27, navel rising. 27, navel falling. 26, navel rising. 26, navel falling. 25, navel rising. 25, navel falling. 24, navel rising. 24, navel falling. 23, navel rising. 23, navel falling. 22, navel rising. 22, navel falling. 21, navel rising. 21, navel falling. 20, navel rising. 20, navel falling. 19, navel rising. 19, navel falling. 18, navel rising. 18, navel falling. 17, navel rising. 17, navel falling. 16, navel rising. 16, navel falling. 15, navel rising. 15, navel falling. 14, navel rising. 14, navel falling. 13, navel rising. 13, navel falling. 12, navel rising. 12, navel falling. 11, navel rising. 11, navel falling. 10, navel rising. 10, navel falling. 9, navel rising. 9, navel falling. 8, navel rising. 8, navel falling. 7, navel rising. 7, navel falling. 6, navel rising. 6, navel falling. 5, navel rising. 5, navel falling. 4, navel rising. 4, navel falling. 3, navel rising. 3, navel falling. 2, navel rising. 2, navel falling. 1, navel rising. 1, navel falling. And continue to breathe here. Move your awareness to the throat. Please move your awareness to the throat. Become aware of the breath moving in and out of the throat. Concentrate on the movement of the breath and start counting backwards from 27 to 1 in the same way as before. 27, throat rising. 27, throat falling. And continue on.
And now bring your awareness to the nostrils. Become aware of the breath moving in and out of the nostrils. Continue on the movement of the breath in and out of the nostrils and begin to count as before. 27, breathing in. 27, breathing out. 26, breathing in. 26, breathing out and so on. Continue with complete awareness. Continue counting free of any mistakes. Complete awareness. Inhale deeply. Now, bringing your senses to the space between the two eyebrows, to the third eye, continuing to keep the eyes closed, you will hear a number of different symbols and imagery and just allow the mind to flow through them like a waterfall. As you hear different symbols and scenes named, allow yourself to develop a vision of them on all the levels possible, feeling emotion, awareness, imagination, sensation, as best as you can. If you are able to find this vision, your relaxation is complete for the time being. And if you're not able to, then know that your body needs more relaxation. However, journey with us here and now. See a burning candle in the mind's eye, a burning candle.
burning candle, bringing to the great cosmic sun of all of creation, the great cosmic sun, the sun of all suns, golden, bright, shining, endless desert, endless, vast desert, endless, vast desert, the Egyptian pyramids, the great pyramids of Giza, the great pyramids of Giza, the great pyramids of Giza, the queen and the king, the queen and the king, the queen and the king, divine sovereignty, divine sovereignty, divine sovereignty, heavy rains, heavy rains, heavy rains, fertile land, fertile land, fertile land, snow-capped mountains, snow-capped mountains, snow-capped mountains, a Greek temple at sunrise, a Greek temple at sunrise, a Greek temple at sunrise, birds flying across into the sunset, birds flying across into the sunset, birds flying across into the sunset, red clouds drifting, red clouds drifting, red clouds drifting, yellow, pink, red roses, yellow, pink, red roses, yellow, pink, red roses. The key of life, the ankh. The key of life, the ankh. The key of life, the ankh. A large, clear quartz crystal. A very large, clear quartz crystal. A very large, clear quartz crystal. Stars at night. Stars at night. Stars at night. The full moon. The full moon. The full moon. The great mother ocean. The great mother ocean. The great mother ocean. Wind from the sea. Wind from the sea. Wind from the sea. Waves breaking on a deserted beach. Waves breaking on a deserted beach. 
waves breaking on a deserted beach. The eternal, vast sea. The eternal, vast sea. The eternal, vast sea. Waves breaking on a deserted beach. And now is the time to repeat your intention. Repeat the same intention that you made at the beginning of this practice, free from any alterations. Repeat the intention three times with full awareness and feeling. Relax all efforts, draw your mind outside and become aware of your breath. Become aware of the natural flow of breath. Become aware of your entire physical body and the awareness of your breathing. Your body is lying completely relaxed on the floor and you are breathing quietly and slowly. Develop awareness of your body from the top of the head to the tips of the toes. And mentally, in the mind, give gratitude. Become aware of the floor and the position of your body lying on the floor. Visualize the room around you. Become aware of your surroundings. Lie quietly for some time, keep the eyes closed, just bringing your awareness back into the space that you are lying in now. And then begin to gently wiggle through the fingers and the toes. Rub together the palms of the hands and the soles of the feet. And take the hands to the eyes and cup the eyes. Take a nice deep breath in. And exhale. Hug the knees into the chest. Rock a little bit from side to side. And allow yourself to begin to move into whatever movements you're guided to, taking your time very slowly, free from any hurry. When you are sure that you are present, you can begin to open your eyes and slowly come up to sit. I invite you to seal this practice with some time to journal, perhaps writing down your intention and any experiences that felt significant in this journey for you. We close with this prayer, She Alone, Song of the Kabaya Indians. She Alone. The mother of songs, the mother of our whole seed, bore us in the beginning, 
She is the mother of all races and all tribes. She is the mother of thunder, of the rivers, of the trees, and of green. She is the only mother we have, and she alone is the mother of all things. She alone. Thank you so much for sharing sacred space. My prayer is that we awaken to the reality that we are a hologram for the collective. By being fierce in our authentic truth, we have the opportunity to elevate life on this exquisite planet Earth. Crystallize your medicine.